Cornell, can we talk about your mascot for a second? He's a bear in a red sweater and his name is Big Red. Have you checked the news lately? Because we're on the cusp of another Cold War and you have the most communist mascot imaginable. <laughs> this whole campus is steeped in communist propaganda. I'm shocked Putin isn't here delivering this speech. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Cornell tried to annex Ithaca College. <laughs> What's the big brewer? <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You can't handle the truth. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. <laughs> Welcome. We are gathered here today because we are spiritual, but not like religious, you know? Real glutton for punishment back for the second time in two weeks, Pastor Robert Foote of Trinity Lutheran Church in Ithaca, New York, home of Cornell University and Ithaca College. Great to have you back again, Rob. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, it's uh, good to be back, and you know, it's just you're just exhausting the East Coast now. It's just uh, over I know, and two over times and over in a row. Again. I mean, uh, two times, two shows in a row from the state of New York, and you're a real trooper. And it was it was a great show last week. And but real quick, not everybody or maybe heard the show last week. Um, where are you? Where exactly? Where is Ithaca? Tell us a little bit about Cornell College and how long have you been there and some of that kind of okay. bio stuff. All right. So uh, this is my uh, my second call. My first call was in a, a very urban part of Pittsburgh, Braddock, Pennsylvania, east side of Pittsburgh, where the steel industry started, very blue collar. Uh, and it took me two calls to get here. I turned down the first call, but uh, that was actually a little prayer story I'll share. I, I, I couldn't decide, and I talked to my wife about it. I said, honey, I'm just going to return this call, and if God wants me there, call me again. Six months later, they called me again. I said, "Okay, that's it. I'm coming." So uh, that was that was 22 years ago, and um, would not so take I no came. for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it took Moses two chapters to receive his call document properly. It, it took me six months. So um, anyway, so we did we did come up with our family when we moved from Pittsburgh. Our family uh, consisted of three beautiful kids. Uh, my oldest daughter Jennifer had acute cerebral palsy, and and God blessed us with her with 23 years, um, and then He called her home uh, about about eight years ago, and and that was uh, that was a uh, obviously a a great burden, but a great blessing that God used her in that way. And then my other two children are now grown adults, and my son is off at Tennessee as an athletic trainer, and. Uh, and then my daughter is still here in Ithaca working with special needs adults and children. Oh, and my wife is a counselor uh, at uh, one of the area special schools called BOCES. And uh, so uh, we were called to Ithaca and the church here is not an old church by LCMS standards. Uh, it just formed in the 59 was when the fellowship started and the actual church building was built in 64. So that's that's younger than I am, um, and um, 
and a big part of what we do here is working with uh, Cornell and Ithaca College, the two main campuses in the Ithaca area. Cornell, as you know, is an Ivy League school with kind of a unique history, uh, intentionally formulated as a secular school, unlike most of the Ivies that had a Christian foundation. Um, and so when uh, Ezra Cornell and A.D. White got together, they said, hey, we're going to make this uh, school uh, that will not have that affiliation um, where any any student can come and study, and, and that's been kind of in the DNA of the school. Um, and I've been an affiliate chaplain my whole 22 years here um, since since I got here. So if uh, I know we probably don't have, there aren't a lot of, of Lutherans in um, that part of New York or New York in general, but if you are there thinking about going to Cornell University or if you're at Cornell University, get over to Trinity. Pastor Foote uh, is a wonderful pastor and a great congregation. I've had the pleasure of, of visiting there once, a wonderful community. Uh, what is your what is your website, just in case people want to look you up? It's uh, pretty easy, trinityithaca.org. And, uh, you know, I don't often have uh, other uh, radio personalities on the radio. You have your own radio show, do you not? You want to tell us about yeah, it? Yeah, you know, by, by God's grace, I've uh, always been on the radio, uh, even in seminary, had a radio program. And then in uh, Pittsburgh, was uh, we had a live broadcast uh, on WRDFM. And now in Syracuse, uh, I'm on a, uh, a monthly broadcast on WMHR, which stands for Mars Hill Radio. And we'll probably talk about Mars Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we do specials. Um, and I've had lots and lots of Lutheran speakers on um, uh, who have given interviews on every imaginable subject. Maybe someday, if I get the impetus and uh, grease the wheels, I'll call you, Ooh, and you can do an interview. That would be awesome. Uh, on it would be awesome. So and so we'll uh, what that. is the, is it WMHR? Is that what you said? Yeah, WMHR, Marshall so, Radio. And they have a website, and if you want to go there, you can find uh, our broadcasts on Pastor for the Day or the Spotlight Program. And again, those Spotlight Programs are not every week. They are on as specials, so they're oftentimes uh, either seasonal as, as something is going on during Advent or Christmas or Lent or Easter, Pentecost. Um, we oftentimes do a, 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 a series of interviews. So uh, if you search the name, you might come up with a hit or two on that. Uh, and, find it. and I'll put a link to that in our archive notes um, with our program Good. here. Well, I uh, wanted to have you back on to talk about uh, th this question of spirituality on campus. Sounds very spiritual. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very spiritual question. We're going to get deep today. <laughs> and talking about Mars Hill, when we often go to Acts 17, we can get to that in a little bit. But what kind of prompted you? I asked you to be on the show, and you thought, "Well, let's talk about spirit." What kind of prompted you to think this might be a good topic? Maybe a little background on on Cornell and its uh, spiritual background. How did this kind of topic uh, sprout up among us? Well, I think it's always on the minds of chaplains in an academic setting because uh, you know any student is going to be focused on the intellectual, the academic, the learning. Um, and they're going to wrestle, whether they know it or not, they're going to wrestle with their spiritual component. You know, St. Paul in, um, in Thessalonians talked about the uh, position of mankind, that we are spirit, soul, and body. And by the way, that's the order that he lists them in, huh. uh, spirit first, soul, and body. Um, 
And you cannot show up to campus and think that you're just going to expunge your spiritual life, even if you're not a Christian. Um, you know, the, the spirit is present, but Scripture tells us that it's it's devoid of activity. It's not regenerized, re- regenerated by the Holy Spirit. If you if you don't know Christ and if you don't believe the gospel, um, but it's there, um, and it may be dead and dormant, but it's there. You know, it's kind of like uh, a callus on your hand. You're aware of it, even though the tissue is not living and active. So I, I think that in general, on any, any campus, uh, at any time, there is an awareness of the spirit. Um, but from time to time, that waxes and wanes. And uh, you have um, today, uh, I think, a very strong push because we've become so materialist. Uh, and I mean that in, in, in maybe a physics sense, um, mm. that that we talk about materialism, not necessarily money in your wallet, but that we are material. There's been a pushback um, in our culture and maybe a little bit in the media to talk about the spiritual reality of our composition as human beings. And of course, they're coming at it from the side. They're not coming at it as we would scripturally, but they're talking about this. And there is a maybe more, I'll use the word insidious uh, undercurrent to say why we're really talking about spirituality as opposed to religion is that we don't want people to um, think too clearly or specifically about articles of faith that are believed or a body of doctrine that is confessed and taught. Um, We want them to just kind of self-define their own spirituality. And so they're happy to use the term spiritual. And I'll need to come back to that because not everybody in the academic setting is happy with that term. Well, and you know, um, I have to, I have to point out, you know, we, we always uh, look at these, uh, these studies of, you know, statistics of the, um, you know, um, incoming freshmen, UCLA does a study of the, the uh, American freshmen every year, and, and they repeatedly show that spirituality is on the rise, but nobody wants to define it or believe that there's a certain set of principles uh, associated with right. anything. So, so right. people would say right. they're more spiritual, but less tied to any one set of beliefs. That's an, that's an excellent distillation of what's really happening. And, and of course, it's, it, it, it makes perfect sense. It's a way of saying, well, I can be spiritual without being religious. And you hear that uh, a lot, describing the nuns, you know, this this large growing cohort of Americans, especially youthful Americans, who believe that they they want the sort of self-justification, to use a Lutheran term, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, of being spiritual. So they can say, yeah, I I really am spiritual. You know, that kind of validates me as a human, uh, a fully human person to be spiritual. But... They don't want the accountability, and I would say the the true freedom that Hmm. Christ and the gospel brings. You know, Lutherans like to talk about law and gospel, and so by being spiritual, you can, some people have described it as being inoculated. Uh, You know, I've got just enough spirituality to get by to say that I, you know, that matters to me, but I'm not really spiritual in a sense that I believe anything as a body of, of teachings that is apart from me. What I believe is my teaching, you know, that that's the that's the spiritual definition I think that most youthful people and most college campuses and, and most of society gravitates towards. We uh-huh. want to define our own spirituality. 
I, I have to tell you the story. I'll, I'll try to be quick. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, my first week I was on campus as a campus pastor at the University of Wyoming, young man comes in and introduces himself and he says, hey, I, I, can I talk to you a little bit about religion? I'm like, woohoo, this campus pastor thing is easy. Just sitting in my <laughs> office, guy walks in. He says, um, actually, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own religion. And uh, what I'm trying to do is, uh, this was before all the coexist stuff. He wanted yeah. to, he wanted to, he was going around to all the local campus ministries and wanted to know what defined you as unique compared to all the other camp. What, what he wanted to take, it was like a smorgasbord. He wanted to take a pinch yeah. of this, a pinch yeah. of that and combine it all right. together. It was pretty right. coexist. And he goes, well, what, and what boom, makes out pops the golden idols? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, you're going to create your own religion. That's awesome. I've never met anybody that did that before. Uh, but I guess uh, I told him, I, you know, I kind of went through a classic doctrine of justification and, and, and in large part, the exclusivity of the gospel and it's being centered in Jesus Christ. He's like, well, you know, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but it won't go, go very well with my idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah. That's why, we, that's why we have all these different groups. But, but uh, yeah, people yeah. want to define it's not what, do, what does this mean in searching for truth is now yeah. being now being changed in people's minds to what do I want this to mean or what do I want to make it mean? In yeah, fact, and, you have you know, an interesting the, title at Cornell with your uh, spirituality department along those lines, right? Yeah, so I, I think that's worthwhile in sharing because this really zeroes in on the, the pressure that we're getting from the culture to, um, you know, kind of dilute true meaning and true clarity in what is taught and believed. So the old title Cornell United Religious Works has been around for 80 plus years um, and partly because of the pressure from the culture but also partly because of some leadership changes um, in the administrative structure at Cornell the name was changed from Cornell United Religious Works to the Office of Spirituality and Meaning Making and <laughs> Cornell United Religious Works. So it's much longer, but... Uh, Wait, you know, real quick, what is and, the works part? What was the works part meant? I haven't heard that. I mean, the meaning-making is really cr interesting, but what, what about the works? Yeah. What was that meant to portray? Well, you know, and, and I have to plead ignorance because that that's a that's an 84-year-old title, and the works part of it, I think, was to emphasize the individual ministries that the different chaplaincies had on campus because, you know, obviously the, the works of the, the, the Shabbatic service for Hillel is going to be different than the Catholic service and the Lutheran service. Sure. So I think okay. that they understood that the works, uh, my hunch is that they wanted the works to be some sort of benevolent uh, effort that students would do together that was generally okay. good. Uh, but, but that's now an excellent spirituality. question, and now i got more homework to do. Yeah, so. spirituality. And yeah, now it's spirituality. Yeah, so, and so, meaning-making. Meaning-making, right, meaning-making. Wow. And, you know, when, when this was first announced, even before it became public, I had a meeting with the uh, the, the head of, of CURW at the time, and, and uh, he's actually still there, but now he's in this new office. And he was not driving the change, but it was somebody above him. Um, and... Uh, I said, you know, one of the reasons that we even have different chaplaincies is this whole concept of religion. And religion, we know, is a dirty word in in uh, in the media. Uh, you don't want to talk about religion. I may have religion. to bleep that out because you just said the word. 
Yeah, I, I, I said, and you don't, said I might do that. Don't say uh, the word religion. So, Oops, he did yeah. it again. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I, I use it. the word religion, and, yeah. but I don't use the word religion in vain. So I think that's important. Sure. I, I use it yeah. uh, intentionally. Sure. And and what we need to remember is that the word religion includes this concept of league that I am in league with you. And so the NFL doesn't play against the NCAA because they got a different set of rules um, and they, they organize themselves differently. And so these leagues that we have, some are called Baptists and some are called Lutheran and some are called Jewish. And, you know, these leagues are formed around a sense of identity that comes from what you believe, actual articles of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this push to get rid of all that to ignore it um, and and to say, let's just be spiritual, and that way we won't have any dissension. Well, you can guess that when that was first introduced, uh, it wasn't really well received by somebody like me, who happens to be a confessional Lutheran, who says, you know, what I believe, my, my league, my religion, is my religion because I believe apart from me that these articles of faith are expressed in Scripture and they challenge me to believe a specific set of articles or, or a doctrine that I adhere to. And I said, once you remove that, there's why not get rid of all chaplaincies? And of course, I think that may, in effect, be the intent. And Isn't I that the logical that, end game? Because if everybody gets yeah. to make up whatever they want it to mean to them, there's no use for any of you even being there in the first place. And that, of course, is is... That's the truth. That's the logical end game. It's a great way to put it, Marcus. And and I think that's where that sort of logic is headed. Um, but even um, even others who are not as conservative uh, and and allied to uh, articles of faith as I am, even they have received it poorly uh, in the sense that they I would say they've received it well because they're criticizing it as being a bad move um, because we do believe in what we say at least. Lutherans do, at least Missouri said Lutherans do, and we're not ready to to pitch it and say, well, let's just be spiritual. Let's forget about the articles of faith like Jesus is God, King, Savior, the incarnate Son of God, the Word made flesh. You know, I mean, if we just get rid of all that, well, guess what? We throw out with the baby. Uh, You throw out the bathwater, you throw the baby out. So You you know, um, um, when you think about this from this league, the analogy of leagues, and I think that's a good one, if you think about it in the medical profession, um, they have certain set of, you know, the Hippocratic Oath. Um, yep. All these, we see what's happening when all of a sudden you, people are starting to decide, well, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I want, you know, my doctrinal, my doctoral or um, physicianal discipline to be something I decided is, not something that's somebody right. outside of me or. Lawyers, you have certain codes of conduct. I mean, what if what if we had the the engineering department and 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 engin, engineering and meaning meaning making engineering? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that wouldn't go very yeah, well, yeah. very well because as soon as you start deciding what you want what you want engineering to be, you're going to have people like dying on bridges that weren't constructed very well. I mean, you just can't order things that way. No, but you see, that's the the disconnect with the way people think about religion or spirituality is that it's completely divorced from anything authoritarian 
uh, or definite. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they, they, they like to say, well, you know, come on. The Bible's it's cute just and a, fanciful, a of, but it isn't really true, and I guess whatever you right. want it to be, whatever. They probably don't understand exactly. why local people would be kind of up in arms about this idea of changing it. That, that may be true, uh, and I probably should have a conversation with people about that are pushing this to say, well, yeah, where are you really coming from? Uh, what, what do you really believe about truth? What do you really believe about spirituality? And here's the other thing I was going to mention earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I said that most people are comfortable with the term spirituality, but in a recent chaplain's meeting at Cornell, they handed around a document uh, regarding this emphasis, and here's a slightly another take. There's a group of people in academia that are saying, you know, part of the problems that we're seeing in our contemporary culture with violence and aggression towards women or minorities or whatever is that we've forgotten about our spiritual center. And they're trying to push this, um, and I would say, you know, they're trying to be advocates of chaplaincies, et cetera, trying to get spirituality on the campus in a more formal way. So they produced a document that included that term that was given to faculty members and a significant portion of the faculty were very uncomfortable even using the term spirituality, and it goes back to this idea that they're only materialists. So even using that term as innocuous and amorphous and undefined as it is, even that term was problematic for a number of faculty because it implied uh, the sense that men and women have a spirit, and they didn't like that. So it kind of tells you something about the environment today. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you have a spirit, it implies something. What we are uncomfortable with today is something that is outside of ourselves. Because yeah. if you have a yeah. spirit, where from whence, the, you know, I can't see the spirit. I can, I can see my flesh. I can't see, you know, I know I have a mind. I know I have a body. I know I have a heart because I have feelings. But having a spirit implies more than any of those other terms, something outside of me that, and something that lives beyond me and apart from me, even physically or can. Right. Um, and, 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 and that doesn't fit with the materialistic. what does this mean? Yeah. Real what quick, does it mean for me? If, if I've got a spirit, then what do I do with my spirit? And, right. and uh, the whole idea of redemption and accountability starts to enter into the mind. And, and, you know, you may be, I think you've hit upon something uh, that's really precise, it's intimidating to think about us having a spirit. Absolutely. Uh, it, 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 because it is something beyond myself that's given to me. So this whole, this, whole uh, this uh, spirituality on campus is a double-edged sword because on the one hand, the thing that is a comfort to us scares the hell out of them. <laughs> In many ways, you know, part, uh, pardon my language, but uh, I mean, it's scary. If you don't, if you, yeah. if you're not grounded in faith in in the true God that we worship and praise and who we believe we received our eyes, ears, nose, and all our senses, this is a scary thought. This, yeah, and, and, and I'll take your phrase, scares the hell out of them, and, and as I think about it, it really scares the hell out of them. Hey, hey, uh, uh, HR, <laughs> if you hear this, he said it too. <laughs> so we're even, so it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's that whole sense of, wow, if I don't have this spiritual component addressed in an effective way, what about hell? Does the spirit imply heaven and hell? Is that part of being spiritual? And of course we would say yes, it's a big part of it. Um, well, and, and it gets uh, to, you know, the, 
you know, anything that relates to afterlife, anything that relates to, I would even dare say, you know, you take the abortion issue about, about life in general. You know, right. if you don't Absolutely. believe in the, in the spirit of something, that a spirit is there, you know, we, we don't believe that these little, these little babies that are, that are uh, about to be born, we, we believe that they have spirits, that they're capable yeah. of, of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that this, is, uh, this has huge ramifications for, for life. And, of course, you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing to keep in mind, I guess, is that while spirituality is on the rise, we, we need to remember that we're, we're all spiritual beings, whether we want to realize it or acknowledge it or not. The question is, right. where is the object of our faith? Absolutely. So. And, and when, when Christ is that object, we become spiritually invigorated Absolutely. eternally. Well, this has been this is a fascinating topic. Thank you for joining us last week and this week, uh, Rob. And again, if uh, if you have a chance, uh, WMHR. I didn't mention it last show, so I'm mentioning it twice today. Uh, okay. Check out uh, Mars Hill Radio and do a little search for uh, Pastor Foot, and you'll be able to maybe find some old programming. And uh, if any students you're going to Cornell or thinking about going to Cornell, you're gonna have a wonderful pastor to take care of you there in Pastor Foot. Thanks for being with us, Rob. Thank you, Marcus. Blessings. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I'm not honest, but you're really interesting. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.